Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. The New York City Mayor Eric Adams has finally seen the light or just got tired of hearing about it. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin in today for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Don't forget about your smart speaker as well. Play ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance and it's time for some Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Within the next 30 minutes, Eric Adams, New York City's mayor, is expected to announce that the mandate for unvaccinated players in professional sports leagues and performers is going to be lifted. We have had so much hand-wringing over the last several weeks about whether or not Kyrie Irving was going to get a chance to play or whether or not the New York Yankees and the New York Mets were going to be at full strength on opening day for both of their teams when they open up at home And now that does not appear to be a problem. First of all, before it was announced officially, Kyrie last night did not want to hear anything about it. Do not ask me any questions about hypotheticals, about what's going to happen. Please do not. Until anything gets official, please do not ask me any questions about that, y'all. But of course he was asked. You didn't hear me walking. Okay, you didn't hear that. Okay, you didn't hear that. You didn't hear my statement when we walked in. Please, like, don't put me in a position until anything's official. (laughs) Nobody puts you in any position. Put yourself in that position. (laughs) You put yourself in that position. But look, I I get where he wouldn't want, personally, just from a, I don't want to jinx myself standpoint, I wouldn't want to talk about it until it was official. But what was your reaction when Eric Adams when we heard that Eric Adams was going to make this announcement. That the people doing the victory lap of Kyrie Irving won. He held out long enough and he made the mayor of New York City change his stance on the private sector vaccine mandate. Kyrie won. He's a hero. That drove me nuts when I saw that because, you know, as archaic as we thought, you and I have talked about this all week on the show, this vaccine mandate that, have, that has affected the Brooklyn Nets, where Kyrie can be in the stands unvaccinated, but he's, like, too much of a threat to the rest of the team if he's on the floor unvaccinated. That's dumb. Like, we are two years into this pandemic. Stuff has evolved. So they can, too. But it just feels like Eric Adams made this call, which we know is going to be, you know, we're expecting the announcement this morning, that he made it so the Nets can – you know, have their star player back so they can be in the play-in tournament. And, yeah, like, I mean, unless he's going to call Canada and try to get their vaccine mandate changed and waived, I don't think that's going to happen. But it feels like he caved to the pressure in the private sector with these sports teams, with the Yankees, with the Mets, and with the Nets. Like, you have 1,400, over 1,400 people, New York City employees, who lost their jobs because they did not abide by this vaccine mandate. I would be... 
guessing that he's going to have quite a few civil suits come his way, the mayor of New York City, that is, because unless they're getting their jobs back, they have to suffer the consequences. And someone who, you know, makes hundreds of millions of dollars a year in Kyrie Irving with everything, like with his contract, with endorsements, with everything else, he ends up just having to, like, wait this thing out and eventually gets his way. It's Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. This at, at this point now does change the dynamic in the East. And the question is how much? The Nets are still in a position where they're going to be in the play-in series. They're go- or play-in game, I should say, at least one if not two. If they go to Canada and they're playing the Raptors in that first game in the 7-8, which you would think uh, would be the case, Kyrie still cannot play there unless that is rolled back before the playoffs begin. Courtney, can the Nets win a championship? I, For me, I don't buy it. I don't think they're getting to the finals. I don't think they're getting to the conference finals. Didn't we not see what a shorthanded team looks like last year? When we did. James Harden's hurt with the hamstring, and Kyrie's got the foot, and sometimes it's him and Kevin Durant, but then Kyrie's hurt. Like, So it's going to be Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, and then who else? Ben Simmons isn't playing. He still has that herniated disc. Like, what else? Like, can a two can a two headed monster, which they would be when they're both healthy, and that's fine. But can that get it done against a Raptors team that's been hot lately? Yeah, they just lost to the Bulls, but like, who cares? Like, they've still been one of the better teams down the final stretch of the regular season here in the NBA, and they're in the play in tournament. For me, I, I look at them. Okay, Durant, even with an injured Harden got them to within a shoelace, almost quite literally, of beating the Bucks and getting to the conference finals. The way this year has played out, I don't see that happening. It feels like even though Kyrie can show up and be magical and throw up 50, and Durant is the best player on the planet, when you haven't played together that much and you have as much to contend with in the East as you do, like, Let's, let's just not forget about everyone else in the Eastern Conference. It's easy to forget about the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference. They have two tremendous players. It's, uh, nobody is forgetting about the Sixers, but they have a true big three, whether people realize that Tyrese Maxey is a third of a big three yet or not. There is still too much to contend with there when this group has not played together nearly enough. And that was to their detriment last year. We all thought they were going to sort it out and figure it out after playing such limited time together during the regular season in February and then like in March of 2021. And that fell through pretty quickly. Certainly injuries played into that, but they never really had any of that time to gel and find chemistry together. And yeah, some people are going to argue and say, you're an idiot, Courtney, because they're superstar players. Kyrie can be a part-time player and go drop 60 or whatever the hell he did a few weeks ago in Orlando. That's cool. We're not talking about the Orlando Magic. We're talking about teams that are going to like go far in the playoffs that they might run headfirst into. And that's the problem that I have with it, thinking that like they can just all of a sudden Kyrie's back and they can just breeze through the play-in tournament and then you know the er- couple early rounds in, in the NBA, in the Eastern Conference playoffs and they'll be fine. I just don't buy it. Like the late season surge that they had was good, and it can maybe become something. But is this a team that's going to take down the Bucks, take down the Philadelphia 76ers? That's who they're getting if they get so. through the play-in. No. Either one of them. No. Yeah. It is it is not 
a lock by any stretch. But a lot of people do believe, as you would understand, that talent will ultimately win out, and you have two incredibly special players. Here's Brian Windhorst, ESPN, NBA insider on Get Up. Remember, they only have to win one of two play-in games to make the the postseason. If they lose the 7-8 game, they can still win the second game. So I think they're getting in. And I think if you're a team like Miami, who's holding the one seed, or you're Milwaukee, who's holding the two, you're going, wait a minute. We just played the whole season to get a top seed, and we may draw Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant for seven all games in the first round? It's a terrible, terrible Terrible turn of events for the top seeds in the East. You're not going to want to be in those seeds. And it means that to win the Eastern Conference, there is no soft spot. You are going to have to run a gauntlet. It is going to be the hardest East in maybe a generation or two. Yeah, that's fine. Welcome to the Western Conference for the previous 15 years. Exactly. You know, the, the, to win a championship, you have to run a gauntlet. That That's what it's about. I mean, all the travel, everything that's involved in it. That's why, like... I downplay what the Lakers did a few years ago because they basically won a championship at summer camp <laughs> when they won it in the bubble down in Orlando. If you want to go win it, you want to go win a title, go win it by beating all the best teams on the way there. Yeah, and I mean, like, look what happened last night. Like, both of them, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, had great performances against the Grizzlies, and it wasn't enough. They lost that game one thirty-two to one twenty. I just. I don't think that this team, the way that it's constructed right now, when you have players who are not playing, and I'm not trying to, like, downplay, you know, the, the, the Drummonds, the, the Seth Currys, and, like, all the other pieces that they have, but, like, Ben Simmons is not giving you anything right now. No. Literally nothing. So it's Kyrie Irving and it's Kevin Durant and then it's everyone else. And to expect that they can do this in multiple seven-game series is just, like, that's a facade, and I just am not buying into it. But like, and, good, good for Kyrie Irving. You know, if these people want to take a victory lap and say, oh, that's so great you didn't get the vaccine, you waited it out, you won, you stuck it to him, you showed it to him, I guess, like, congratulations. I just think that this is, you know, a move that it feels like their hand, the mayor's hand, got forced by political contributions, by <laughs> people who have been lining his pockets. I think that, that it's all BS. By the way, Mets owner Steve Cohen, they're announcing – at this news conference at City Field, that he gave him a million and a half dollars for his re-election campaign. Huh? I wonder what might have like prompted <laughs> Eric Adams to actually like reverse course here. Especially when the Mets last year had somewhere in the neighborhood of only about fifty percent of their players who were vaccinated, and the Yankees certainly put a lot of pressure on him as well with their situation of the, the likelihood that Aaron Judge is not vaccinated among of the other big players on that team. I tell you. The one last thing that you mentioned with Simmons, don't even try to pretend as, as Steve Nash did the other day. When you say herniated disc, we all know he's done for the year. We all know he's done for the year, so don't say you're still optimistic he's going to play this year. I think Steve Nash is trying to lessen the blow there and support a player who has been alienated. Is there anybody who hasn't trade. tried to support Ben Simmons enough? I mean, how, how much more do you have to support a guy, you know? All you have to do is say, listen, at some point they will. We're not going to have them. We need them to be healthy, and we're going to have them to be healthy at the start of next year. I, I, at some point, that's coming, right? You'd like to think so, because the longer this thing pro, the longer this thing goes on, just like the longer it would have gone on with Kyrie Irving and not being vaccinated, and if this mandate would have held up, eventually Kevin Durant's going to snap and say something about Kyrie Irving not being there, because he came so close so many times. <laughs> 
It would be the same thing with Steve Nash and the back injury and now the herniated disc with Ben Simmons. Like eventually there's going to come a day where gloves are off and you're not happy that you traded for a player who's been useless for you. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Pretty good quote from Drew Rosenhaus on how the Tyreek Hill situation all came together on the Joe Rose show on WQAM in Miami. At the end of the season, I started a conversation with the Chiefs on a new contract extension, and it really was heading in the direction of slowly but surely working out a new deal for Tyreek. And then the Devontae Adams trade got done, and Adams got a record-setting deal, and I immediately reviewed that contract. And I spoke to the Chiefs in a very positive conversation with them that this should be the market for Tyreek. And if it wasn't, then the right thing to do for everyone to benefit which would be for the team to have an unprecedented trade and for Tyreek to go to a team that would be willing to make him the highest-paid receiver. So Devontae Adams' new contract got Tyreek Hill to Miami. It's Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin in for Greeny today. That from Drew Rosenhaus, as we said. I mean, that, that's got to be amazing to go through that process. All right, we're getting closer on the deal. Oh, Devontae Adams got what? Oh, oh, let's restart this conversation. I guess... Chiefs fans can, in a sarcastically sarcastic way, say, thanks, Packers. We hate you uh, for making us lose Tyreek Hill. And it's interesting now in this day and age where when players come up for contract extensions, and remember, he had one year left on his deal. No one really plays through, like, all, you know, to like then eventually hit free agency or get extended during the season. This all happens now. That one other player, when you're looking at the market, and you realize that you get leverage created through another player because you can put Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adam up there as the top two receivers in the league. I think that you'll get a mixed bag of opinions in who's 1A and who's 1B, but they're both up there. So the negotiating tactic had to be for Drew Rosenhaus, rip up what we had started with the Kansas City Chiefs, and if they weren't going to make him a Devontae Adams-type paid receiver, then he had to go to a place that did because otherwise he'd be shortchanging himself, potentially. I mean, we don't actually know what the Chiefs were planning to offer, do we? Like, that's that's like the what's missing here. We know what the Jets had. We know what the trade compensation for both teams were, and we know what the extension offers were. But we don't know, like for those two teams, we don't know what it would have been from Kansas City as far as I know. And I'm curious, like, were they willing to match that 
or could they just not have not made it work with their salary cap? As I mentioned earlier, right now they have $28 million under their cap. And you have to get, what, $14, 15000000 million uh, of room to try to uh, sign all of your draft picks and as well. It's more, it's more like $10 million. Like They can make that work. They can make – you would think they would have been able to make that work. When you're a team that's ready to win right now, that is just mystifying to me. How to not regard Hill – and I get it. Wide receivers can sometimes be overrated. Mm-hmm. With this guy – the explosiveness that he brings, I don't know how he is not one of the three or four pieces that you look at and say, we have to save the money for him. So were the Chiefs completely turned off when the Adams money turned out to be what it was? It sounds like that was the case. And if I were Kansas City, I think that's a mistake. Yeah, that's what Diana Rossini had told us earlier on Greeny that they didn't want to be on the hook for overpaying in what Kansas City's eyes were a receiver that they felt they can do the by committee approach and not have to lump all of these financial resources into one player. Like that's where if outside of the quarterback, that's where you can get in a lot of trouble as, as, been, has been evident around the NFL for quite some time. So instead of doing that, they felt like, okay, we're going to be fine with the other pieces that we have, with the Travis Kelseys, Miko Hardeman, Juju Smith-Schuster, who they just got, and then whoever they end up drafting. And what Diana had, had mentioned, and I thought it was kind of interesting, because right now they're at 29-30, and 30, back-to-back picks at the end of the first round, about packaging some of those five picks that they got yesterday and moving up to maybe get the top receiver available or to get somebody that goes you know, number two at the position. They're in line to do that. And it's a far cheaper option when you have somebody on a rookie contract who I just don't want to say like might be just as effective because Tyreek Hill's got like stuff that nobody else really has. He has speed that is just uncanny and he makes defenses do different things to defend him. Not saying you can't eventually find a player who's similar there, but you're never going to find like the true like fits in the piece puzzle piece like perfectly mm. player like a Tyreek Hill. So, you know, I'd be really curious to see what they end up doing now as far as these cheaper options, whether it is someone in free agency, but also realizing you can trade for somebody. DK Metcalf might be available. Who knows? Maybe even Tyler Lockett, too. That's another name that's been in the mix. Certainly a step down, but also adding via receiver in the draft. Cutting the price of your wireless bill feels good, really good. Actually, It feels great. You should try it. So cut your bill by switching to Straight Talk Wireless. Now offering our $45 Silver Unlimited plan with 5 gigabytes hotspot and nationwide 5G on America's largest, most dependable networks. The $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk, Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. A month equals 30 days. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Tonight, is this it, Courtney? It is Coach K and Duke going up against Texas Tech. Will this be it for Coach K in his career, or will he live to make the Western Regional Final and face either Gonzaga or Arkansas? I kind of feel like this is the end of the line. This Texas Tech really? team and the way that they play defense is superior to anything that the ACC could throw at Duke this season. I think that this was a magical run 
for the Duke Blue Devils with Mike Krzyzewski and all the pomp and circumstance that came with the entire year surrounding his retirement and it being announced at every arena. I guess maybe they didn't really announce it at North Carolina, moot point, but, (laughs) you know, it's been going on and on and on, and they escaped Michigan State. Uh, during, during the second round on Sunday. They were down by five in the final moments of that game, and that team came through. But so rarely do you see a young team led by superstar freshmen and NBA draft picks and all of the you know fodder that comes with that. So rarely do you see those teams go through the big dance and win a championship. Texas Tech is more experienced. They've got a, a far deeper roster. They've got people who have been in this spot before. And I think that they end up knocking off Duke tonight. And, I mean, they're favored in the game. So what am I saying? Knocking them off. Um, I think they have a stronger roster. And I think that they will end up getting to the Elite Eight by the time tonight's over. The show goes on, Courtney. This is going through the weekend at least. Ooh, it has okay. to. And I mean, of course it has to, but are you, all right, are you like... That, no, I'm not basing this now? in any kind of logic. I'm basing this in the fact that it's going to aggravate a lot of America. And it's the best storyline. And for whatever reason... Somebody like Coach K losing to like Texas Tech in a, a regional good team. Semi- they went I know. to a national championship a couple years I, ago. I agree, but it's still the name, right? It's it's still the name. Like it oh, that ACC East Coast bias right now, Chris. Like I love you, but it's ringing oh, through. I, Courtney, like, I hate Duke right now. I hate Duke. The name, all of that. Be blah blah blah. Like I mean, Texas Tech is a good basketball team. They have been here before. They have been in the tournament. I covered I them agree. when they went to the national championship during the 2019 season. This will be the end of the line for Mike Shashevsky, and if it's not, I promise you, tomorrow. All we're talking about is, wow, the refs really <laughs> had it in for Texas Tech. Duke Duke escaped because they got some uh, home cooking from the officials because they just want to see Mike Krzyzewski live to see another day and make it to the Final Four. I'm with you from the sense, like, uh, the best storyline for this tournament is Krzyzewski making it to the Final Four, going out on top. This is the letdown if they lose tonight, but I am predicting them to lose tonight. If Bo Borowski is officiating this game tonight, you know the fix is in. I'm joking, <laughs> mostly. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin, in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Up next, the Tyreek Hill trade and how its tentacles affect everyone in the AFC. We are going to tackle every single aspect of it in rapid-fire fashion in just moments on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. It's amazing the ramifications that one deal is having on the entire AFC. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on your smart speaker by saying play ESPN Radio. Don't forget about ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. Greeny is coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Because there are so many different aspects of this and all the different teams that this now affects, we thought it would be a good idea to go a little rapid fire and answer all of these questions that now present themselves as a result of the Tyreek Hill deal. So we turn it over to the hashtag crew. Have we determined who the host of this segment is going to be? Will it be Nuno or will it be Bubba? First of all, uh, when you look at the questions, it's just not about this deal. All right? There's other questions out there, bro. So so let's get this. Bubba. I tell you what, there's just always a tone. There's always a tone. I came up to visit. We spent some quality time together. And you weren't forced to eat barbecue. I, I wasn't forced to eat barbecue. I would have done it for them happily. Would have absolutely done it for them. Went out. I thought we had a nice time. The tone returns. There's always a tone. All right. Let's, let's tone it up. What does this deal mean for Tua? Courtney, you can go first while um, I get over the triggering I just suffered. It means that he's got to get it right this season or... Teddy Bridgewater is going to be replacing him at quarterback at some point in 2022. We know that he has issues with accuracy and throwing the ball downfield, and you have all this speed on the outside. So are they changing the offense to equip the quarterback, or are they asking the quarterback to adjust to what the pieces are around him? And I think that that's probably the more fair ask. I just don't know that he's capable of doing it. So... If Tua, like if, if there's not a marked improvement this year, Tua is no longer the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, and you could end up seeing that happen partway through the season this year if he's not maximizing the talent of Tyreek Hill, Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddell, and the host of other weapons he has around him. And that would be Teddy Bridgewater in his place. And it means it is going to be over for Tua as the Dolphins quarterback because it, in essence, shortened that leash. You have Bridgewater, yes, you trust Bridgewater more than you do Tua. If Tua doesn't have this together by the middle of October and this offense isn't seemingly humming, they are going to make a change and they will not screw around. And then next year, they will go and get themselves a quarterback. All right. It seems like the Dolphins have gone all in, right? They've made a lot of uh, signed a lot of free agents making this trade. So what does this mean for the Dolphins coming up this year? They're better, but I don't think it definitively means they're a playoff team when we went through all of the great teams in the AFC that we're looking at right now. It does not mean they are going to win the division. They are the second best team in the AFC East, but to me it's second best by two or three games still, Courtney. 
They're contenders, but does contending in a team that or in a conference that has like 10 teams mean that you're going to make it to the playoffs? Not necessarily. They haven't had a top 10 offense in Miami since 1995. They're going to have that this year if they can get their act together with the quarterback position and they can have efficiency from that position with all of the weapons that they have. But I don't necessarily think this makes them a playoff favorite. They are going to contend, contend in the AFC East for sure. But, God, there are a lot of teams that are talented in the AFC that, like, I don't know where you'd put them. When you and I did our top five list, at the time, they were nowhere close. Do I even have them at, like, maybe like eight or nine right now? Maybe ten? Do I have them higher? But, no, I mean, yeah. they will contend, but they're not – I don't think they're making them – I don't think they're going to be making this deep playoff push. All right, so are the Dolphins the clear-cut second-best team in the AFC East now? Definitively, yes, mm-hmm. and it's by a lot. What I'll tell you what this does, though, is there was a lot of buy-in here from Vegas yesterday, Courtney, into the Dolphins. Yeah, to win the division, the Dolphins went from plus 675, so almost 7-1, to one, to 4-1. to one. You know what that means to me? The odds dropped on the Buffalo Bills. I'm jumping on the bills now i would make sure because now i can get some value i'm talking about just strictly from a wagering standpoint i am jumping on the bills right now and the chiefs i I might think about jumping on them too because their odds dropped all the way back on march 7th it was minus 175 now they're plus 175 see that's again there's a tone there's a tone do i start with the box over go ahead okay Okay, now I'll go. Um, I think they are the clear-cut second-best team in the AFC. I mean, Buffalo still. I mean, they were my number two team when I did my AFC rankings the other day. Miami on paper. They upgrade the offensive line. They upgrade the backfield. They upgrade the receiver core. They have made additions on defense. Like, I said this yesterday on Greeny. They've had one of the better free agencies, and like for the first part of free agency when they weren't signing Teron Armstead and Tyreek Hill back-to-back, They made 18 moves to either sign new players or re-sign players that were up for free agency on their own roster. They were active. So, I mean, I think that you have to look at this team and all the moves that they made coming off of a season last year, and now they have a new head. Where's the clock now? (laughs) I didn't know there was a time limit on Neither did I, but, I mean, they're going to give it to me. Why don't they give it to you? It just depends on how the answer's flowing. Oh, I got you. So I will wrap up my answer by saying this. Yes, they will be the second-best team in the division, because I still feel like the Jets are a ways off. And had they landed Tyreek Hill, would my answer have changed? Probably not. But they would have been a lot more explosive and on paper a lot more fun to watch. All right. We've seen Tom Brady take, quote-unquote, less for, so to help his team. Is having to trade Tyreek Hill the byproduct of Patrick Mahomes' contract? I think so. And I think that you're seeing this with a lot of $40 million quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, like that's something that's be kind of kind of become like a common theme here in the offseason, not just this one and previous ones too, but it was going to be really difficult. The Packers were trying their darnest to do it with getting Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers both the mega deals that they wanted, and there was reports that like they were going to pay him, Devontae Adams, more than what the Raiders were offering, but it is very difficult because it comes at the cost of other spots on your roster. Like All of the cap is fake people don't seem to realize that eventually the bill comes due. So when you have Mahomes, you lose this dynamic, like, you know, skill-transcendent player 
in Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins, and that's a money maneuver for Kansas City because the Chiefs weren't going to pay Tyreek Hill a deal similar to what Devontae Adams got. So had had Mahomes potentially had, like, a lower salary, might they have still balked at that idea? I don't know. But it certainly doesn't help because your quarterback's under contract and, and deserves every penny. But, like, that's the that's the price of business, that you have to sometimes lose out on having other really good players because you're paying your quarterback so much. No, I'm going to say no, and it's $36 million cap hit this year. I think it's some of the other guys. I think it's the fact that Chris Jones is almost a $29 million cap hit. And don't get me wrong, really good player. Frank Clark's 13.7. Those are the kind of numbers that I have to figure out how to work out better to make sure I can squeeze a guy like Tyreek Hill in the cap. All right. This is going to be, it requires a one-word answer, Chris. Who is the best AFC team as we stand here now? The Buffalo Bills. They said one word. That's two words. That's three, actually. The Bills. 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 Courtney? I'll go with the Bills, too. I wanted to say, Ken, I wanted to say. You didn't tell me that I had to have one word. That, that the rules are different for me, clearly. It's true. He, he did only specify, Chris. Yeah, he, I want to say Cincinnati here, but I still think it's Buffalo. It's Buffalo. I agree. All right, we're going to jump around on these because Chris is taking forever. All right, is Devontae Adams in a better spot to win a Super Bowl than he was with Green Bay? I think so because I feel like they've plateaued in Green Bay. 39 wins over three seasons. There is something there with the offense and Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers that just isn't clicking. They can get, they can win the regular season. Aaron Rodgers can win the MVP. Like they can have all these great moments, but when it comes to the execution in the playoffs, they've run into this hurdle that they can't seem to cross. The Raiders, on the other hand, for as many times as we tried to write them off last year, after all the stuff that happened in the middle of the season, they still make the playoffs, and now they're a team that's on the up and up after all of the signings that they did to contend in the AFC West. I mean, they love pass rushers out there, so they're like, hey, come on down. Let's pay a lot of money and get pass rushers out here. Um, I think that they're going to have a great defense, and I think that the Derek Carr, Devontae Adams connection is going to be a very fun one to watch, and I think he's in a better spot there, even though it's a tougher division. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin for Greeny answering the just lightning round NFL questions of the day. And the answer to this question of Devontae Adams being in a better spot than he was in Green Bay is yes, he is in a better spot than he was in Green Bay. When the Packers did not get it done this past year and they lose to the 49ers at home and after that first drive did not score an offensive touchdown, the quarterback has to be to blame so much and he took all of the money. So even if Devontae Adams was back, they were not going to be a better team this year, and I don't believe in them getting over the top. So, yes. The clock is my favorite part of this segment. All right. Uh, I la- hate you all. Last, I, I don't hate anything, and I hate you. Last one, because I, I want to get to uh, New York City Mayor Eric Adams and, yes. uh, and his lifting the mandate. Uh, but real quick, who loses their job first? Daniel Jones, Tua, are Mike McCarthy. Ooh. Ooh. Daniel Jones, Tua, or Mike McCarthy? Wow. I love that question. Yes. I think it's Daniel Jones. 
They were not sold on keeping him anyways. He's a stopgap quarterback at best. They signed Tyrod Taylor for a reason. I think it's Daniel Jones, and I think it will actually be far sooner in the 2022 season than, like, December, like it was last year when he got the injury. I'll say Tua, but Mike McCarthy a close second. Apparently, as Albert Breer from SI reported, they're bringing in Brian Schottenheimer to have some sort of consulting role where he consults between, like, the pass game, like, on offense, like, kind of like a pass game coordinator on offense and a pass game coordinator on defense, whatever that means. So, like, I don't know what Mike McCarthy does now. It means Super Bowl. What it means is if you're bringing in. Why can't they bring in a clock management specialist or a timeout specialist or something else? (laughs) Bubba, why can't you apply for that job? (laughs) I'd trust Bubba more than I would Brian Schottenheimer, unless you're bringing in a losing consultant. Then you're in good shape. Ah. All right, go ahead. We've got Eric Adams, do we not? Eric Adams has made it official that, in fact, they will be lifting the mandate for the players or for performers and for professional athletes. He made that official just a little while ago. Uh, at City Field at a news conference where it was also announced that Steve Cohen, the Mets owner, had donated a million and a half dollars to his re-election campaign, which, by the way, is still just, a few just years election, ago. Just election, not, not or just, just election. Well, his election campaign, he just got in office. So right. he got a million and a half bucks out of it. I'm I, not sure what we have to keep bringing up Steve Cohen for either. I mean, all right, Steve Cohen, who's done more to help the Yankees win than the Yankees owners. Uh, but yes, oh. let's just play the sound. Let's play right? the sound. All right, well, then let's hear from him. Today I signed Emergency Executive Order 62, expanding the performance exemption to private employer mandates. This is about putting New York City-based performance on a level playing field. Day one, when I was mayor, I looked at the rule that stated hometown players had an unfair disadvantage for those who were coming to visit. And immediately, I felt we needed to look at that. But my medical professionals say, Eric, we're at a different place. We have to wait until we're at a place where we're at a low area and we can re-examine some of the mandates. We're here today. And then Steve Cohen handed over a million and a half dollars. He said, medical professionals, we're good. We got it. We're good. Come on. Two days ago, he's saying, Courtney, he's not going to be beholding to athletes or professional athletes. And look, it's the right thing. The whole idea was silly to begin with over the last several weeks, but mm-hmm. it's you didn't all of a sudden become enlightened, and you weren't enlightened the entire time, as he basically tried to tell you right there. No, I mean, this is a complete about-face, reverse course, got pressured into it, realized that if you don't have the revenue, especially from these baseball teams like the New York Yankees, which last I checked is a pretty like lucrative sports franchise and brings in a lot of money to the city of New York, like, I think you'd be in a lot of trouble. So, I mean, of course there's, like, pressure that he felt from the outside in making this decision, and I'm not surprised about it. No, I'm not surprised about it either. I I just think when you have been so staunchly um, adamant that you were not going to change your mind just at the drop of a hat and a day later – you changed it looks your weak. mind. Yeah, it looks weak. I mean, like, that's just what it is. I mean, it's great. Yeah, great for sports fans. You got your people back. But, like, it looks weak. It's not a great move. What they what they need to do right now is to do right by the, a lot of the people that lost their jobs as yeah. a result Go of this. Go give those 1,400 people their jobs back then. It or is amazing. It is amazing. The first thing that you hear is, I'm signing emergency order. Like, this is an emergency. 
that we have to get Kyrie back on the court and the Yankees and Mets back on the field. But nonetheless, it made all the sense in the world. Text down. Why does everybody like Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.